Hi, and welcome to the Design Find Podcast, a space where women are interviewed and in conversation to discuss the highs, lows, and everything in between about being a woman in design. The Design Find has new episodes every Monday, so make sure you come back every week. You can find more on the Design Find Podcast Instagram. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, and welcome to the Design Find, the podcast. Today, we have Toyin, and we're going to be sharing with her, sharing with us her story in the design field. So welcome. Thanks for having me today. So firstly, can you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, what you do in the design field, what got you there, just kind of the basics? Yes. So my name is Toyin Omishore. Um, I am Wander-in-Chief of Rome Loud. Um, Rome Loud is an activewear and athleisure brand. Um, we are currently based out of Rhode Island. Um, and our brand, uh, basically, uh, it was created for two reasons, I would say. Um, one, um, I really wanted to pay homage to uh, my grandmother um, and, the, and the legacy that she left behind. Um, and I also really wanted uh, to unapologetically create a lifestyle where brown skin uh, was at the forefront and not an afterthought. Um, and you know that's, that's how it all started. Uh, we launched in March, 2020. Um, and so we've seen a really beautiful community and, and beautiful growth since then. That's amazing. And sorry, March, 2020 kind of jumped out of me. That must've been a t- really hard time to launch. Did you plan yes. everything before COVID and then you're like, uh-oh, what's happening? Yes. Uh, so the plan definitely definitely looked much different um, prior to lockdowns. Uh, we had like a rollout in mind. Um, I personally had a vision of how I thought I was going to introduce the brand to new people. And then uh, lockdowns came and, and then I had to completely switch gears uh, and kind of shift my mindset of, okay, um, you know, people are home now. Uh, I thought they were going to be out before. And how am I going to be able to reach people in general and, and let them know about the brand and let them know about all the good things that we're doing and our, our plan ahead. So there was a, a major shift that had to happen in a short period of time, but it was also, a, it was also better, I think, um, because it, it helped to keep me on my toes and it kind of it sparked a lot of creativity that uh, I wasn't thinking about before. Yeah, I'm sure it taught you so many lessons. And what were some of those things that you had to come up with in order to, um, I don't know if you had people buying them online or, in the, or if there's a store or how'd you kind of just get the word around when you weren't with people? So it was, so there was a lot, I, I had to, I had to find a lot of niche groups online and wherever people were talking about fitness or wherever people were talk, talking about active wear or even business in general, um, I was finding those spaces and, and plugging the brand when I could. I also felt like a lot of people were online during that time. So mm-hmm. it was very to have conversations about what I'm doing and, and the things I'm working on. And I think from there, it, the, the conversations that I was having allowed people to then take it upon themselves to go and, and do some research on the brand. Um, and, and it was kind of like a domino effect um, in that sense. And then one of the, the beautiful things that happened was 
we were um, approached a few months after launching, um, we were approached by um, HuffPost. It was just literally a one-line email of, hey, you know, would love to talk to you about activewear um, and, and how that's looking for you during the pandemic. And uh, the writer uh, at the time and I spoke, you know, I had, I just, you know, shared with her my journey and what that was looking like. And uh, from that article, um, it helped magnify, you know, the amount of eyes that were on the brand. And, and from there, it just became a domino effect of other articles being written about us. And so that definitely helped spread our brand and, and what we were doing much faster than I think I would have been able to do on my own. Mm-hmm. And um, do you try and use social media effectively? Because I know so many brands, especially during the pandemic, went through TikTok, Instagram, and all of those things, and that's how they really sparked. Do you think that really played a part in your brand or not as much? I absolutely think social media um, was the driving force. I mean, I will say prior to getting, pushing the brand online, I did make sure like our website was, you know, crisp and clean. You know, I made sure that our pictures were were aesthetically pleasing and so I so on the front end I got a lot of that um, locked in that way when I was talking about the brand and I because I knew that people were going to go back to our website or 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 something related to us um, I knew that they were going to be looking at those things and um, I think having that set up helped um, and it, it helped strengthen our authority um, and our positioning, um, because, you know, people could see that, wow, you know, this brand looks great, you know, I'm comfortable with taking a risk. Um, and so I think social media was helpful because when you think about the retweeting on Twitter and the reshares on Instagram, like that can be, you know, pretty powerful. It could go from, you know, a couple hundred to a couple thousand eyes, you know, on your brand in just a, a short amount of time. And in terms of the influencer market, I know many brands sponsor because obviously these people have so many eyes on them. What is your take on that? Do you do that or no? So yes, we do work with influencers. We don't work with a lot of influencers just yet, just because our budget isn't big enough. Um, But I, I will say it's a blessing for us because we have a lot of people who are very excited about the brand and will purchase the brand to support. They fall in love with the product and then we find that they are sharing themselves. Um, and we find that those smaller numbers, would I would say between 1,500 and 5,000, having, having people with that size talk about the brand and, and, gen, and share authentic you know, experiences has helped draw more people to our brand. Um, but we also do have brand ambassadors um, and we try to accept a few on a rolling basis. And our brand, ambass- brand ambassadors are definitely um, a godsend for us um, because, you know, we're, we do send them product um, and they're able to work out in them. They provide us feedback about what they like and what they don't like. Um, but then it's just great because we get to see them in the product out in the world, whether they're just styling the pieces on their own to just do errands or they're actually like in the gym working out. And I know this might be like a big question, but going from the start, what is kind of the full process and time period of creating an athleisure brand? 
Oh, uh, <laughs> um, that's, I mean, I'll, I can only speak for my journey. Um, so prior to launching the brand in 2020, uh, I probably was working on it for about a year and a half um, before. And, um, and that just consisted of, for one, you know, coming up with a name, you know, coming up with what our values are, what we believe in, um, thinking about what colorways, you know, our, our, uh, our audience would even want, what type of product they want. Um, once the pieces are made, how do they even feel on, you know, on a body and how they feel and how they move and, and, and how comfortable they are like during a workout. So prior to launching, I would say probably about a year and a half, um, it took me um, to get everything exactly the way I wanted it. And um, I'm not sure if you were in the, um, like this community before, but how did you leave your job or move from jobs to say, hey, I'm starting my own thing and just fully trusting yourself that will work? Uh, yes. Uh, so, so yes, I am a full-time entrepreneur um, and I fully work for Rome Loud, but I am not the entrepreneur that's going to recommend um, to just leave your full-time job to chase your dream um, because it is very expensive. Um, so for me, I, I think it's probably about a year and a half to two years that I'll say probably about a year and a half that it took me before I said, okay, I'm going to leave my job. But it wasn't uh, because, you know, the brand blew up and, you know, I'm, you know, profiting and, you know, the money is just rolling in. It was more of, okay, you know, there's conversations at work about having to go back in the office. You know, I was working, my job at the time was an hour and a half away. Um, so what does my day look like if I have a full-time job and I'm trying to manage a brand that is growing by the month? Um, and I think that I had to have a conversation with myself um, and, and kind of think about, okay, you know, are you, do you think you're ready to take a risk like this? Um, what is your, your vision for Rome Loud moving forward? Um, are you really all in? So there was a lot of questions that I had to ask myself. Uh, before taking the leap. And so I did. Um, but it was also super stressful. Uh, you definitely, I recommend if you're going to take a leap, uh, have a savings account um, and have at least a year's worth of savings um, because, you know, dreams uh, don't, don't pay the bills. <laughs> Your bills will still be coming in. Um, and also you'll have to make some sacrifices in other places. You might not be able to you know, go out to eat as much as you used to, you know, parties, the, the way you casually spend money prior to uh, being a full-time entrepreneur, there's a lot of those things you won't be able to do in the beginning, you know, because the money that you make for your business, you want to put it back in. Yeah. Um, so, so those are just some of the things I think to think about, but for me, I would say about a year and a half before I took the leap. Wow. So it's obviously a very calculated decision. So it's good that you did that. And I'm sure it obviously turned out great. Um, what kind of ignited the spark of this idea that you were like, wait, I need to do that. What was something in the athleisure field that you saw that there's a gap in the market and you wanted to create it? Yeah. So I, so prior to, to creating the brand, um, I was really thinking about like what I wanted to do next in 
in the entrepreneur space. I, I wasn't too sure. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something with products. Uh, but once again, I was, I just, you know, wanted to give myself time to kind of think about what that would look like. Uh, I was working out about five days a week uh, during this brainstorming time. I had a friend who, who had access to a sample sale for activewear. And, you know, I took advantage of, of the sample sale and I loved uh, how my body felt in new activewear when I, the first day I got it. And it was then that the light bulb came on. I think I was actually- It so much to work out when you get new clothes. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. And it was, yeah, I was at the gym. And when I had changed, I was like, oh my gosh, like this feels amazing. And I knew at that moment that, okay, I'm going to get into the activewear space, but I knew it needed to, to have more depth than simply just, you know, selling leggings. Okay. And what was kind of your- mission statement for the brand? Um, so I will say our mission statement is two things. Um, navigate the world boldly. Um, and we just, that that's also with our, connected to our manifesto, where we're just truly encouraging our wanderers, that's who we call our community, um, to just break out of the boxes um, that is set up for us, especially as women, um, to just be more free, uh, to be un unapologetic, uh, so that was, uh, that's our, our hardcore mission statement for everyone, but a personal, personal mission statement is also, uh, once again, to just create a lifestyle where brown skinned women, just like me can see themselves, um, and not feel like, you know, this is just another brand kind of like tucking them in on the side, you know, for the sake of checking a, you know, diversity box. Completely. And we're gonna go more into you, um, to some of the questions. So what do you think your favorite thing is about, um, about being an entrepreneur in the design field space? Uh, in the design field space, I feel, uh, I, I enjoy the freedom and the ability to just be creative. Um, so I, I come from a, educational background of social work. And so that field doesn't really allow, you know, your creative brain to, to get going. Um, so being in the design space just allows me to just kind of be free, let my thoughts kind of run wild with colors and fabrics and, and textures and just how I want things to look, you know, on a body. And what do you think your style was that kind of I'm not sure if you design the clothes or you have designers. How do you think you kind of influence the style of Rome Loud? I, I feel like every time we, we release like a new, um, a new collection, it's kind of what's how I was feeling during the moment. And so typically I love earth tones, um, definitely clean earth tones, layered looks. I love all of that. Um, but I know uh, the past few months, I definitely had a, a, a moment of just wanting to be bold and be loud and truly embody what the brand is about. And so our, our, our newest colorway is definitely all brights. Um, but when I think about my style to the core, it's definitely like earth tones, uh, layered look. Got it. And do you see that there is a change in like demographic of who's buying the items when you kind of change the color palette? 
no, I feel like our community is really like down for the things that we come up with. And so I think uh, our wanderers are just always excited to see like what we're coming with, coming up with next. Um, but we also do a good job with asking them like, hey, you know, what, what do you want now? Or what are you thinking of? Or what would you like to see? Um, so I, I don't, I wouldn't say our demographic changes. I think they're super excited to see like what we're rolling out with. And do you ever have like a, whoa, oh my God, I made it moment? Like, did you ever see someone on the street like wear it and you're like, oh my gosh, or something like that? Oh, I wish I actually have. <laughs> I wish I actually had that moment. Um, I actually have other people tell me that. So <laughs> I've had people email me and say like, hey, you know, I just bumped into somebody and they were wearing Rome Loud and they were talking about it um, and they loved it so much. And that's always good to hear. Um, I think, uh, what are some I made it moments? I think obviously the, the big business I made it moments um, are, you know, that we're, we're in about 70 core power yoga locations, um, as well as 100 um, coal stores. Um, so that that's super cool to, to go into a store and see your product on mannequins. Um, but for me, I like the, I'm, I'm always proud of like the little things. And so uh, we were, well, I was featured in um, HubSpot and um, as like one of the nine, you know, best ways to, nine best like about us pages. And that was amazing for me only because like I do so much research and, and learning uh, to just be better in, in all aspects of the brand. And HubSpot is a place that I go to a lot um, to learn more. So to see an article uh, with you know, my work included uh, was was a super cool, like, okay, I think, you know, I'm, I'm making it, you know, that was, that was nice. <laughs> I'm sure. And um, what do you want to see more of in your design field? Uh, I would love to see more partnerships and collaborations with the activewear space and like music or tech. I think we're already in, you know, the tech space, uh, and I think we've grown so much there. And with so much conversation around like the digital space, five years from now, ten years from now, I think um, it would be really, really dope to see some collaborations. And what would those collaborations look like? Because I looked briefly at your um, Instagram page, and it showed some like music things and stuff like that. How does that? work in collaboration with your brand? I mean, I'm not sure what it looks like yet. Like, so if I think about, you know, uh, when I think about uh, uh, Rome Loud and in and, and tech, um, it could simply be like a digital studio um, where, you know, people in the, the metaverse can work out and work out exclusively in Rome Loud, you know? So it's even thinking about it in, in some ways like that. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the first thing that comes to mind. But I think that there's so many ways that so many ways to be explored with music uh, and activewear or tech and activewear. I mean, right now, some small ways that we do with music is like we have playlists on Spotify. But like, I would love to do so much more beyond that. Yeah, I think kind of blending everything together is honestly the way to go nowadays.
Yeah, definitely. So much crossover. Yeah. And what is kind of like an unknown fact about you that people don't know? It could be about you personally or about you um, Um, as an entrepreneur. I think two things I, I don't know if I talk about enough, but I, I think I love home decor almost the same amount that I love um, activewear. I love just going into places, just seeing different uh, chairs and sofas and artwork and, and paintings, like I, all of it just, it's just so beautiful. Um, and I, I just love, you know, putting pieces together. And then I'll also say, I don't think uh, a lot of people know that I got to this moment in a non-traditional sense, um, especially as someone who owns an active wear brand and that you know deals with clothing and making clothing and designing clothing and selling it. Um, I didn't go to fashion school, um, which I think is good for for people to hear because you know it it lets you know like okay that that it, the only I don't need to go to fashion school to have a brand. Like that's not the only way. Um, and so that's something I definitely need to probably share more, but but that's something I don't think people know too much about. Um, may I ask what you did study in school? Yeah, um, so I went to Boston College and I got a master's in um, social work. Um, but uh, I always <laughs> like to say that uh, graduation day, I knew that I got the wrong degree. <laughs> Oh, I should have gotten like my MBA or something. Uh, granted, I love helping people. And I know that I was able to, to touch lives during the years of, of being a social worker, but it wasn't something that I was passionate about. And it, it took me a long time to know that I can help people in other, other ways outside of that specific lane. For sure. And I think people need to hear more that you don't yeah. have to study what you're doing and like do what you're doing in school because you know you make that decision when you're really young and there's so much time and you honestly for most professions you honestly don't need a degree in it it's kind of just like do it yeah 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 you didn't sorry i you you know you didn't study entrepreneurship or fashion you kind of just went with it and like look it works out yeah, I will say there's much more flexibility to your journey than than is often shared. And what do you think your biggest achievement is? My biggest achievement. Hmm. Um. I mean, yeah, I think outside of Coles. And, and being in core power yoga, I think those are two big achievements for the brand. Um, I think today, I, it was actually today, yes, that I had you know done some calculating and I started looking at some of our buyers and their behaviors. And there was a few of our top buyers have purchased more than 20 items. And for me, that was a major achievement because it's something to like think about, you know, to have an idea for a company and, you know, say like, these are the pieces that I want to design. These are the pieces that I want to make and sell. Um, But to then have, to be able to capture people in a way where they continue to come back and continue to purchase from you, you know, shows a level of trust. 
you know, and excitement um, and love for a brand. And so that for me definitely is, is a major, a major achievement. Yeah. And I'm sure there, there's such great products and like the quality is amazing. And for some coming from someone who I do work out a lot and I try a lot of different brands, um, how do you kind of pick the right materials, but also the right price for athleisure? Because I feel like sometimes it's either super expensive or when it's not expensive, it's like really not great material. Yeah, I mean, I think when it speaking so focusing on price point for, uh, for a minute, I think that really depends on so much behind the scenes. Um, I mean, if, you know, I have a, a, an accountant um, and I have a bookkeeper. And so her and I, you know, was quite recently have gone over, you know, these are the operational costs, you know, for your brand. And, and this is your product price point, you know, does this make sense? You know, are you covering all your costs? And so I think when it comes to price point, um, you have to kind of have those things in mind as well. Um, I do feel like sometimes when you, you know, go into a business, like you're nervous about your pricing and you don't want to, you may not want to price too high, um, which, which is, it's, which is fair, but you really, really need to think about um, the numbers behind the scenes. And so for me, um, I'm very conscious of that, uh, but I'm also conscious that I don't, I don't want my products priced at, you know, a luxury price point. I'm not interested in that. I do want our pieces to be accessible um, to, to everyone. And so I, that's a balancing act, a balancing act that I feel like I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, from month to month. Um, and then obviously costs to make the product. And so as I'm exploring fabrics, I am thinking about, you know, if we're going in this direction, plus thinking about expenses and, and what that looks like, this is what the cost of the product is going to be. Um, is that, does that match the ballpark, you know, that we sell at? Um, and if it does, then we can move forward with that, that fabric and, and all the things that, you know, that go with that. But if not, um, then we probably have to look into it, look in a different direction. And is all your um, stuff manufactured in the United States? No, so the so what is manufactured in the United States is our our samples. Uh, so we do the designing here, we do the sample making here, um, but due to the cost of production, we do pr produce our products in China. Um, we are exploring other countries as well, but right now, if I think about our our top three manufacturers, they are all in China. Um, we would love to manufacture in the U.S., um, but right now, uh, the the cost of doing that is is about three times as much. Yeah. Um, so that would completely um, throw our numbers off, uh, and and what we would have to, you know, charge our wanderers on the front end, and and that's not something I'm interested in doing right now. Um, but if there are avenues to 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 manufacture here or closer here, um, I would definitely be open to that. And do you find it difficult to? have manufacturers across the world and speaking a different language or, and you can't even go there right now? Um, so that does come with its own difficulties. Uh, you have to be very clear on your designs and how um, they're made and, and the pieces that you wanna use. 
Um, you just have to, you have to be way more thoughtful with your instructions, um, with, with the creating your products to ensure that it comes back the way you asked for it. I, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, more than an issue or two dealing with manufacturers overseas, um, and the product isn't exactly how we, you know, agreed on and how we discussed. Um, but that those are all, I feel like those are all, you know, the, that's, that's part of learning. Um, and I've been able to learn from some of those situations and, and tighten up and, and do better. But I definitely uh, think if one should look into or think about the language barriers um, and how, how you're going to clearly illustrate, you know, how you want your product to look. So that way, the final, you know, the final product is, is successful. And do you ever think that um, like some brands kind of have an edge on Rome Loud? Um, like, do you ever compare yourself to other athleisure brands? Because I know that there's so many out there and I feel like I would do that in that situation. Or do you find that you're like super confident and no one's the same as us? Uh, I'm I'm very aware uh, that there's tons of other brands for people to choose from, um, but I cannot focus on comparing my brand to other brands. I can make sure that my brand aligns to to other brands and and surpasses that. Um, but you know, I always think about it like uh, you know the conversation about water. Like if you go into a water aisle, there are tons of different water brands, and and they all have their tribe of people that purchase from them and that like them for whatever they provide. Uh, and, you know, someone could say that like, hey, but your water is the same as someone else. But, you know, as a brand, you really have to think about the, your message and, and your values and, and, and your visuals and just, you know, the, the, the story behind, you know, what you're doing and why you're doing it. And, I think if you stay focused on that and stay focused on how you want to just deliver good product um, and a good experience, uh, you can separate yourself even you know amongst the the crowd. Definitely, I think everyone thinks everything's been done, can't do anything new, but still new things arrive and everyone has their own twist on it. Truly, like everything can be different but the same at the same time. So I think yeah. it's important for individuality um and lastly what are some of your goals for yourself for your brand and the next few years that you want to um succeed in um goals for myself for the brand i mean for me the goal always is to continue learning i wanna i wanna always uh just have a front seat um, with with what everyone's talking about. I just want to stay in the know and stay and in tune, at, at finger on the pulse, as as they like to say, um, I, with with just creativity of other people um, and, and just wants and needs. Um, so that's something that I'm, that's a goal of mine um, and something that I, I feel like I'm, I challenge myself to do on a regular basis. But for the brand, uh, I would love for Rome Loud to be global within five years. Uh, we, right now, we you know, we ship to the U.S., of course, uh, Canada, the U.K., and Australia. 
Um, but I want I want Rome Loud globally. I would love uh, for a girl in Algeria to have you know a Rome Loud sports bra in her closet. Um, and then I would also love to have um, a bigger team of you know dynamic and exciting women who work for Rome Loud and you know are just that that enjoy you know either coming to work virtually or or in person. Um, so that's definitely um, some of my goals. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I think we'll all really enjoy this podcast. Um, where can the listeners find you? Obviously on roamloud.com. Yes. So feel free to visit roamloud.com um, to see all our, our new styles. Um, Rome Loud on all platforms. I'll say Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. We have YouTube as well. Um, we have a great stretch, um, morning stretch if anyone's interested. Um, and then we have more fitness videos to come. Um, also on uh, Spotify, um, we have music playlists on there. And then if you want to follow me personally, um, I'm I live mainly on, on Instagram and Twitter, and um, my handle is uh, Toyin, T-O-Y-I-N underscore O-M. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, I hope you loved this episode. If you did, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or send it to people who you would think would be interested in listening in. You can learn more about the guests in the show notes or on the Design Find Instagram. The Design Find podcast is under the Entrepreneurs Network.